we're not going to cave in. We're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. We're not going to break. And if he could go up Golgotha's hill for me, naked and bleeding, then I can take a stand for him in a wicked and perverse generation. And that's what we're going to do. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff begins an exciting new series entitled Piercing the Darkness. Many people wonder if God cares about their pain or if he even knows about it. The answer is yes. He sees, he hears, and he is concerned about the suffering. So if he knows about all the suffering and evil, what is he doing about it? simple. He sent Jesus to the cross to suffer and die for all mankind. And now, all of us who have been born again into the family of God by faith in Jesus' name have been sent. You and I are the ones who are here to confront the darkness in the name of Jesus. Yes, you and me. So, grab your Bibles and let's go right to Pastor Jeff's message, Turning Pain into Gain. I want you to keep in mind what we said a moment ago. There's two kinds of churches in America anymore. There's no more on the fence. You're either giving in to the darkness, which means throwing the word out, compromising, caving into the culture, and allowing the culture to pressure you and define who you are. Or you are piercing the darkness. That means you're standing up with the word. You're not giving up on the blood, the cross, Jesus Christ being the way to salvation heaven, hell, eternity, and this being the Word of God, and letting this read us instead of us reading it. I don't know about you, but when I read this, it reads me. So I know this church, God willing, God helping us, gracing us, is going to be a church that pierces the darkness, and we'll pay a price. We will be persecuted, and I want you to know that. We will be persecuted, and we will suffer. There may be a few of you who decide that you want to go to another church that caves into the culture that's not as strong. That's fine. I don't want that to happen. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe not a soul in here that will do that. But chances are when persecution comes, there will be a few who will say, this isn't what I bargained for. But listen, if you're washed in the blood and you're a child of God, it says they that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So... I want to talk to you today about turning pain into gain. And I don't know what your pain is, but I know that God wants to turn it into gain. I don't know where you're suffering, but many of you are suffering and will suffer. And God's going to turn that into gain. So the first in this series is the church that pierces the darkness is going to be the church that knows how to let pain be turned to gain guarantee you. So let's read Exodus 3, 7 to 8. The Lord said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. 
I have heard them doing what, everyone? Crying out. Why? Because they were in bondage. Slave drivers. Cocaine is a slave driver. Cigarettes are slave drivers. Lust is a slave driver. Pornography is a slave driver. There are many, many things that are invisible yet real slave drivers. And they were crying out because of their bondage. And what did God say? I'm concerned. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. I want you to just pull some things out of this verse as we get into this. You know, the devil is a liar. He can't open his mouth without lying. How do you know he's lying if he's talking? The devil can't utter a syllable without it being slanted to a lie. And here's the way he does. He goes to you in your mind with impulses, with thoughts, and he says this to you. God doesn't care. God doesn't care about your suffering. God doesn't care about your pain. Or he may even say this to you. He doesn't know about it. He's not even aware of it. He's not tuned into you at all. He's out there doing other things. There is no God who really knows about your pain. Well, this verse obliterates both of those lies because God says to Moses, I have seen their pain. Then he says, and I have heard their cries of pain. So he sees it and he hears it. Then he said, what we really need to know, I care. I'm concerned. And I'm concerned enough, Moses, to do something about it. I'm concerned enough to tap you on the shoulder and appear to you in a bush that is on fire, but it's not burned up. I care enough to stop you in your tracks, totally alter your life, and send you to the source of all this pain. And I'm sending you with my power and my name and my anointing and my calling to deliver them from their bondage. That's Old Testament. And it didn't just happen with his people in Egypt. I'm reminded of the story of Abraham. When Abraham's sitting there just having a normal day one day, going through the same old, same old, and suddenly three men appear to him, and these men are supernatural. There's a lot of speculation among commentators about who these three men were. Some believe it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost because he identifies himself as God, one of the men, and Abraham responds to them like they were God. Whether they were God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit manifesting as men or they were angel beings, they were supernatural. And they appear to Abraham, and here's what they say. The cries of the victims in Sodom and Gomorrah are deafening. What a word. You see, perversion had gripped Sodom and Gomorrah. It says when the angels appeared to Abraham, the cities had been totally immersed in rampant, runaway, pandemic homosexuality that the Bible said was perversion. I'm just quoting the Bible. This is my textbook and I'm a teacher. And that's what the Bible says about it. Whatever the culture is saying, oh well. I know what God says about it. And God said because perversion was rampant, there were victims. And there always is. When perversion takes over a culture, there are always victims because lust consumes and degrades and exploits 
and damages its victims. Now, God says the cries of the victims in Sodom and Gomorrah are deafening. The sin of those cities is immense. I'm going down to see for myself. See if what they're doing is as bad as it sounds. Then I'll know. Well, we know the rest of the story. They did go down to the city and they were attacked by the homosexual men of the city. It says, every man in the city went to the door and tried to get in to assault sexually these men, these angels. That's the story. Well, I want you to notice what God says about it. The cries, I'm hearing the cries. The cries are deafening to me. I am deafened by the cries of hurting people. And folks, he hadn't changed. God is deafened. God is so aware of the cries of hurting people everywhere. Now let's fast forward to our day. If that was happening, if God was hearing cries to him that were so immense and so strong and so intense that they were deafening, what about us today? What about Fort Worth? Are cries ascending to God out of Fort Worth? Well, I did a little check on the internet. Just did a little check on crime that was reported in 2009 because with crime there's always pain and always victims. Listen to this. In 2009, there were 40 murders, 364 rapes, 1,444 robberies, 2,400 aggravated assaults, 4,250 violent crimes, 9,993 burglaries where somebody went home and found that their place had been broken into and their valuables robbed out from under them, leaving them with nothing. There were 23,800 larcenies and thefts. There were 2,100 auto thefts. People that woke up and their car was gone or went to a parking lot and their car had been stolen. There were 35,900 property crimes, vandalism of private property. That comes to approximately 100,000 victims of crime in Fort Worth alone, and that's only what was reported, and that is not including the divorces that happened, those that died from drug overdoses, those that became addicted to drugs and, or alcohol and didn't know what to do about it, and their lives caved in and they lost everything. That is not talking about all the things that were not reported. I'm telling you, there are continual, right now, somebody, many people, are crying out to God in this area in neighborhoods that you and I passed on the way to church as we got in our little cars and had our little suits or dresses on or some of you, your Bermuda shorts and t-shirts. That's a joke. Y'all are supposed to laugh right there. We don't care how you come to church as long as you're here. We don't believe you clean a fish before you catch it. We'll catch you. God will clean you. But anyway, now watch this. We got in our cars and we came to church and what did we pass? We passed neighborhoods and homes and street corners and, and businesses and automobiles, people on the road, crying out to God, help me. I'm in bondage, don't know what to do. I'm confused, don't know where to go. I'm hooked on alcohol, hooked on a drug, losing my marriage, losing my children. My heart is broken. I've lost my job. I'm losing my retirement. I'm losing my finances. I don't know what to do. I'm desperate. I'm thinking about suicide. God, if you're there, help me. And God said, it's deafening to me. Now, what is God's answer? God's answer has always been people. To the Egyptians, he sent Moses and Aaron. And they became like God to those people. 
And they carried with them the power of God and the hope of God in a future in God. In Abraham's day, it was Abraham. He immediately began to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. Because he interceded, Lot and his family were delivered before the fire of judgment fell. God always has people. He always uses people. And now in our day, as these cries are ascending to God, right now, this moment, as we speak, people are weeping and crying and crying out and asking God for help. What is his answer? His answer is sitting in this sanctuary. Oh, you mean you, Pastor Jeff? No. I mean you. His answer is you. His hand is on you. You know something they don't know. You've got something they don't have. If they don't have Jesus, you've got a lot they don't have. You are a chosen generation. You, 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 you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a called out people. You, you, you. You. And what God wants us to understand is, as He hears these cries, what is He looking for? He wants to tap every one of us on the shoulder, and He wants to lead us to the place of the suffering and share what we know. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. He's going to turn your suffering into gain. He's going to turn your pain into gain. He's going to turn your hurt, your heartbreak, your disappointments, your disillusionments into a message for them. I cannot imagine living in this world right now without God. I don't know how anybody does it without the hope that burns in my heart. So let me talk to you a little bit today about what the Bible says about you. And it's going to be five words that start with P, and let's just go through them. The first one is prepared. Can you say with me prepared? Do you know that you are a prepared person? You say, well, no, I'm being prepared, but I'm not prepared yet. Oh, yes, you are. You're prepared. How many of you in here today can say, I am a Christian? I believe in Jesus Christ, and I have been saved. Let me see. All right? Then I want you to stay with me. In light of that, I am prepared. Listen to what God's Word says in Ephesians 2.10, one of the most profound verses in the Bible. It says, we are God's construction project. We are God's ongoing workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now listen, you're not saved by works, but you're saved for works. You're not saved by good works. The blood saved you, but you are saved for good works. Everyone in this room. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Pastor, when I get out of my pain, I'll do something about it. Well, that's not my word to you today. My word to you today is if you're in pain then God's hand is on you to see that pain turn to gain. And here's what he's going to do. It says, God prepared in advance you that you would be involved in good works. When did he prepare it? Mind blower. I can't wrap my mind around this. I have to accept it by faith. But it says, God prepared you before time began. Well, when did time begin? When he created things that could erode. When he created matter. When he created the worlds. That's when time began. Before the earth and the universe were created, there was no time. There was only eternity. Time exists because of material things. When this is all wrapped up, 
and all this has been transformed and eternity has arrived, there will be no more time. But right now, we are locked in time and space. And before time began, God prepared you. And He prepared works for you that you would walk in them. And you know what those works are? Doing the will of God in this time and in this hour. Doing the will of God. Reaching out to somebody in the name of Jesus. Touching the hurting. God has prepared us for good works and prepared the good works for us. For instance, on learning, you remember in the Bible, in the book of Esther, when a wicked, wicked man named Haman, he was really the Old Testament Hitler, went to the king and finagled him and conned him and convinced him to sign an edict that every Jew in the kingdom of Persia would be annihilated, exterminated, wiped out. It was Old Testament genocide. He did this with nobody knowing about it. The king put his signet ring to it, and then word got out. And you can imagine the kingdom had thousands and hundreds of thousands of Jewish people in it, and they learned that this wicked edict had been passed. And the king's signet ring, which was like, this cannot be revoked, had been put on the seal. Well, word came to two people that mattered, Esther, Queen Esther, and her uncle, Mordecai. And Mordecai learned about this, and of course, it was a major, major, horrific moment. And he said to Esther these words. He spoke this, and I want you to make this relevant for us today. He said to Esther, if you keep silent at this time, you and your father's house will perish. Can I be bold enough to tell you today that we are in a time like that right now? If you keep silent at this time, don't you complain when you lose your liberty and you lose your freedom. And our country has turned into a socialist Marxist country. If you stay silent at this time, you and your father's house will perish. And then he said to her, who knows but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Here's what he was saying, Esther, you are a woman of destiny. You have been born for this hour, for this time, for this moment to take a stand for what is right and turn the tide. And all it took was one woman yielded to the will of God, yielded to the Spirit of God, who fasted and prayed and went into the king's presence and turned the tide and delivered the Jew so that the Messiah would one day be born. It was Esther. And I say to you today, church, if we keep silent at this time, we cannot complain. If we don't stand up and speak up for what is right, we cannot complain if the darkness triumphs. But I've got news for you. This thing can turn, and it can turn quickly if the church stands up and shines. Because all that's coming in is darkness, and darkness is only an absence of light. So there must be an absence of light. And if light would just start shining, the darkness has nowhere to go but out the same door it came in. The darkness must flee. Can I tell you, church, you were born in God's time, you were saved in God's time, and you have been prepared for God's time to take a stand for Jesus Christ right now. And we as a church are going to do it. We're not going to cave in. We're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. We're not going to break. I know persecution is going to come, but I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if he could go up Golgotha's hill for me, naked and bleeding, then I can take a stand for him in a wicked and perverse
first generation. And that's what we're going to do. And if we do that, and churches all over America do it, the tide will be turned, and we're going to experience a great awakening of the Spirit of God again. So say with me, He's prepared me. Then He has purposed you. God purposed before time began that you would walk in His will. And what is His purpose for everybody in this room? It is simply to do the Father's will. That's it. You know, when I got saved, I was sitting in a juvenile home. I was 16 years old. I was scared to death. I was busted for sale of narcotics at 16. I wasn't a big-time pusher. I was a little-time squirt. But they did get me. And I was sitting in juvenile home, heard the gospel for the first time in my life. When I was sitting in jail, I was purposeless. I had no purpose. I didn't know what purpose was. I had no goals, no vision for myself, nothing that I was looking at down the road that I was shooting for. I was purposeless. But when the Spirit of God came into my heart and Jesus came into my life, I realized that I was not an evolutionary mishap, that I had not come along at random, that I was not the process or the result of some single-celled organism crawling out of some ancient sea that finally evolved into me. No, 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 no. That I had been custom designed by God, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, and that He had His hand on me for a reason. And I began to understand that when you know Him, you encounter purpose, because He is the God who designed you for a reason. You were born in God's time, saved in God's time, and have been prepared for God's time to take a stand for Christ. We have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We were not saved by good works, but we were saved for good works. He has prepared us. Yes, we were called for this turbulent time. We were made for it. And as believers, we will probably suffer at times. We will suffer either from doing wrong or for doing right or for no apparent reason at all. But God has decreed that your pain will be turned into gain. God comforts us, not just for us, but so that we can bring comfort to others. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember this. God transforms suffering people into comforters. He brings gain out of pain. Join Pastor Jeff next time as he continues with part two of the message, Turning Pain into Gain. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Turning Pain into Gain is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Piercing the Darkness. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Piercing the Darkness, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. 
With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.